0: Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you have trouble deciding between Just One More Cupcake and Just One More Kettlebell Swing, this is the podcast for you. I'm Joanna Shaw-Flam. I'm an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I'm Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition counselor, and the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. Before we begin, remember to talk to your doctor or medical practitioner before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Um, hello to all of you who are our fine subscribers, who, for whom they don't even have to work for this podcast anymore. It just automatically shows up in your um, podcast listening app of choice. If you want to be part of this select group of extremely good looking and clever people, all you have to do is subscribe to the show. You can do it on Apple Podcasts. You can do it on Google Play. You can do it on any number of podcast listening apps. Um, if you need help figuring it out, you can go to our website, And There's a little button that says subscribe, and it has some helpful information there to help you. Or um, you can ask a young person, which now I've realized, like, no longer includes me. I'm no longer young enough to understand how all technology works. I have to ask someone who's, like, half my age. Yeah, right.
1: (sighs) I can't believe it got to that point. (laughs) I know. So fast.
0: So fast. But anyway, the point is, subscribe, you'll set it and forget it, and you'll never miss an episode, and uh, we'll all get more awesome together. Uh, So the topic today is about being busy. Or really, it's about being less busy. Um, This is something that we've talked about a lot in previous podcasts about stress and about other things. But doesn't it feel like everyone you know is super busy? Mm -hmm. Especially in our New
1: York world. I feel like that is a topic of conversation. And I feel like when people say, how are you? The first thing you say is good. busy." so busy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, great. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Right. Like, you know, is that a negative or a positive? And it, it depends on how the person views it. Which right.
0: Which we'll get into. And when someone says that, it almost always means both, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it almost always is supposed to come off as, like, things are hard right now because I'm so busy, but also give the impression of, but I'm doing really well, and that's why I'm so busy. You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> Psychology. Um, but for when we're thinking about our own lives instead of the lives of our friends and enemies... Um, <laughs> Being, feeling really busy can be really stressful. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people feel like they just don't have time to do the things that they want to do for their health, for their mental health, for their relationships. Um, and that stress uh, sort of adds up on top of all those other things that you're not doing to make you feel less than super awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to talk about um, sort of – the idea of busyness. What kinds of things um, make us feel really busy? Um, because busyness is about more than just your schedule. It's about that feeling of like not having time. Yeah. Um. So we wanted to talk about strategies for being less busy as a way to de stress and as a way to make sure that you're putting your time and energy into the parts of your life that matter the most mm-hmm. to you.
1: Yeah. Because overall, if if, if you're able to prevent yourself from feeling overwhelmed with life and overwhelmed with schedule and um, uh, overall, it will lead to an enhanced quality of life. And, and that's what we're really going for here. You know, ways to feel less busy and ways to be less busy and ways to essentially
0: prioritize yourself so that you feel better balanced in day-to-day life. Totally. Um, so... I think there are, like, one question about busyness is, like, has it gotten worse? Are we more busy than, you know, previous generations? Mm -hmm. And um, there are things about our world today that I think definitely contribute to us feeling more busy. Not necessarily to us being more busy, but to us feeling more busy. Um, And one of them is that the way work is structured has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot more of us aren't working nine to five jobs where at the end of the day, you leave the building and you're done working until you come back in at nine. Mm -hmm. Um, People are freelancing. People are working from home. So they're accessible at their home. Um, the idea of like work as a place that's separate from the rest of your life is dissolving for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and especially, well, also it's becoming kind of like the standard American work culture too, where especially in big metropolitan areas, first one in the office, last one out. um, Now with so much technology, there is a lack of a separation between the office and home. And if you take a look at European countries... Uh, you know, the workday is done at 4 p.m., and people definitely have a better work-life balance. Um, uh, but then there are some Asian countries where that's like completely the the opposite. You, you know, like I know in Tokyo they have terms that are like you know work till you die pretty much, like
0: or like <laughs> that's work until. Probably you're, Probably like, a generalization, you know, but uh, it's, it's not like a, just the U.S. Like
1: a, that has a, a thing about work. Right, right. So not just the U.S., um, but I do find that in terms of a shift in our work culture I think it has to do with you know there there are industries that have existed a long time right like medical law finance the tech industry is kind of really turning a lot of things on its head uh, in the sense that they're they're trying to create this company culture or they are trying to create company cultures but then as a result they want you in the office all the time and they want you there early and they want you to stay late and as a result that's why they provide so much food for you and I think that is, shifting our relationship with work and it's making us feel busier, maybe more overwhelmed. And then also because of technology, work and busyness are
0: starting to bleed into the home life. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think that being able to be reached anywhere thing really makes a difference. When Um, when work can sort of inter work or other responsibilities can sort of intercede at any time because that little thing in your pocket goes like, bing, someone wants you, bing, Mm -hmm. someone wants you. Um, it's hard to ever feel like you're disconnected. Um, I think another big factor is that a lot more of us are both full-time parents and full-time employees. Mm -hmm. Um, as women have been, um, more welcome in the workplace and have fought to be in the workplace, um, which don't get me wrong is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it means that when we don't have one parent working in an office full-time, we maybe have two parents working full-time in an office, that's double load of um, you know your work expectations and your home expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, like Matt and I often joke that like we need a wife yeah. um, <laughs> you know to do the things that like it used to be that the like domestic, Partner did like yeah. cook the food and clean the house and yeah. like do the laundry and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it is unquestionably good that women are not relegated to that role in our country anymore. Agreed. <laughs> but, or rather, and it means that there's all this work. Basically, like a lot of women just added a second job. Um,
1: That's actually interesting. You mentioned that. I had a conversation with a client the other day, and, and she was like, and she's, you know, a high-powered attorney. And she's like, I actually want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, sure. I want to, like, do things and raise children. And um, I shouldn't have to feel like I have to do it all. I actually just want, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. And a lot it's of... It's, like, kind yeah. of reversed now, which is, which is cool. I mean, they're just... Yeah, everyone should just do what makes them happy. Right. Line. And...
0: Uh, a lot of people can't afford to. I mean, that's another mm-hmm. thing about this, like, two working parent households is most households can't afford not to have both parents working mm-hmm. um, because of wage deflation and all sorts of things that are beyond the purview of this podcast. Um, most families that have two parents in the house, both of them need to be working. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that leads to people feeling more busy. Yeah.
1: Um, and then balancing children with full-time Gosh, you know, people always ask me why I haven't gotten a dog yet, and because I've been talking about this dog of mine for decades now, this dream French bulldog of mine that I will name Peanut Butter, Aww. and, like, I'm actively not getting one right now because I personally do not feel like I can, I have the time, you know, mm-hmm. to, to to raise it. So, you know, I, I really applaud parents, you know, parents who are working full-time and and um, raising families, I really think that's incredible. And I'm excited to talk about all of our like tips and tricks on how to be less busy or how to feel less busy, I mm-hmm. think, is also another thing, because a lot of this isn't emotional. Totally. Um, and then there's that interesting psychological aspect that I feel um, I've noticed a lot in recent years from clients and friends and family. It, it's been this interesting paradox where people think they're complaining about it tangents exactly off of what you said at the beginning they are stressed and they are so busy and at the same time they keep themselves there because it makes them feel valid it makes them feel valuable valuable makes them feel worthy Um, and it makes them feel important it makes them feel respected and I've kind of been working with people on shifting that mindset so that you don't need to be dependent on your busyness, uh, so that your self worth is not dependent on your busyness and stress levels. So
0: that's also something that I, I think about quite a bit. Totally. Yeah. In talking about this in a historical context, too, I think it's important to remember that it hasn't been that long in our country that the standard work week was 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, many people, when they first came to the United States, worked every second that they could get work because Mm -hmm. they needed the money and there were no labor laws. And, um, you know, this idea we have of a standard work week that's now being thrown out of whack is actually, like, was only a standard work week for a pretty short period of time. Um, And the things that we take for granted now, like, Weekends Mm -hmm. and shift length um, and overtime. Those were all things that were fought for Mm -hmm. by um, labor organizers. So thank you, labor organizers, for creating the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's good to remember that these ideas about um, how much free time we ought to have and what busyness is, is all something that we construct Based on what privileges we have, but also what we value.
1: Yeah, that that's a really important point, Um, because not everyone, not everyone works nine to, or not everyone has the traditional Monday through Friday with weekends off. And then there are quite a few people, me being one of them, who has a completely different schedule in which I I definitely work weekends, um, by choice, and and I love my schedule and I love my life. You know, so it's one of those things where. Ultimately, it boils down to the individual and what the individual truly, truly wants for their schedule, stress levels, and life Yeah. in terms of busyness. Yeah. Well, let's
0: talk about those stress levels for a second. Yeah. So what are the negative impacts of the, on, our, you know, on our health of the stress we feel from not having downtime, from no. not decompressing and taking a break? Well, so ultimately, the, one of the keys to happiness is
1: self-care. I, I would say that's probably the the top key to to happiness. Um you you know I I know friends, family, husbands. I mean obviously those are all very important. Um but ultimately you have or to wives. Put, or For wives, that. yeah, wives. Um you have to put the you have to put the um oxygen mask on yourself first, right? I always use that analogy when people are in an airplane, you always see that little video. Actually, I haven't seen it in a while. I like guess I don't know. I, I was thinking back to my most recent JetBlue flight, and I did not see the horrifying images of, you know, the the masks dropping from the ceiling. And the, I used to have nightmares about that. Like oh, those really? little pre-airplane videos. or like You so were like,
0: my parents are going to help themselves
1: first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they're putting the oxygen masks on themselves first. But I was like, I don't want these things to drop from the ceiling. Anyway, so put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Um, you know, I have a really incredible... So so when it comes to a really incredible like life coach and business coach who I work with and, and she always talks about how, uh you know just right off the bat, of the these of these three things your health, your family your relationship your work and then there was like one fifth thing I couldn't I can't remember what it was um but put put them put them in the order of what you prioritize the most it's really interesting how a lot of people put their work first which is crazy to me. But, but like, I shouldn't say that. But it's, it's not – no, it's not crazy to me. It's not it's, crazy it's, given um, the
0: fact that we, as a culture, have no way of judging people's worth that doesn't have to do with what they do for their right, job. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, but for me, it's always been self-care.
1: But that's because of what I went through as a kid. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, for me um, – because of my either upbringing or my subconscious and my entire story, you know, and that's why I'm in the, in the industry I'm in, right. right. I can't imagine myself doing anything else. So, but that being said, it is really shocking how many people put the, uh, number one priority in their lives as their, um, work first. So uh, that being yeah. said, it, when, um, uh, when people's, Schedules get out of whack, and when people feel too busy, and ultimately when people feel overwhelmed, and then they feel the stress that comes with that. There are, I mean, the the health, the negative health effects. It's a it's a domino effect. The domino effect is um, stress levels are high, anxiety levels can be high, self care goes out the window. Um, oftentimes, self care is the first thing to go when things get busy, because. Um, Uh, you are trying to schedule in so many things and maybe there's not enough time to do things that actually take care of yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally. Or maybe the workouts are a part of the stress. Who knows? You know, maybe it's, like, stressful. Um, You know, I have clients who find it stressful to, you know, pack a bag to get to the gym, which is 10 blocks up the street, and I get it. Like, I get it. Like, it's another thing. It's another thing that takes time when no one feels like they have any time. So from a mental, emotional, and physical standpoint, when we hit the point of being too busy, when we hit the point of overwhelm, uh, the health, the negative health effects tend to domino and ultimately what ends up happening is our quality of life deteriorates because our health starts to deteriorate, deteriorate, cortisol levels, stress hormones get really high, sleep quality goes down, anxiety, depression, those Go up, and then ultimately, if we're not focused on feeding and hydrating our bodies, what we need, and we're not nurturing our muscles the way they—I don't even think I completed that sentence. My brain's going so fast. <laughs> hydrating and fueling our bodies with the things they need, um, and giving our muscles the care and attention they deserve,
0: everything goes out of whack, and then you leave, then you you burn out. Totally. Yeah. And when you talk about like stress levels raising cortisol levels, that affects. Um, sleep and it also affects um, your weight, right? Mm-hmm, like it, it can affect how your body handles um, nutrition because mm-hmm. your body thinks that you're under stress. They yeah. think that you might be in a dangerous situation. So it yes. needs to like hold on to body like fat. The primary function of cortisol is to
1: um, retain belly fat to keep your organs protected in times of famine and in times of hardship. Meanwhile, it's 2018, and there is no famine, and there is no real hardship. In the U.S. Yeah, in the U.S. Yes. Oh, yeah. And not to say there's
0: no real hardship, uh, but uh, if you're uh, able to uh. listen to this podcast, you are probably not at the point where you need to be producing belly fat to save Mm -hmm. your organs. A lot of times when
1: our schedules get so busy, and we feel busy, and we feel overwhelmed, it is truly incredible to me how our body's stress response kicks into gear so quickly and everything about our bodies is saying, everything about our bodies is saying, something's wrong, this is life-threatening, you know, Daphne's not sleeping, and she's consuming different foods, and she's panicking all the time, and like, what's going on, what's going on? I'm just going to shut everything down, I'm gonna shut down her digestion, all of a sudden she's gonna get bad tummy aches for no reason, and she's not gonna be able to sleep because uh, a mastodon might come in the middle of the night, so I'm gonna keep her up, and then I'm gonna pump cortisol In her body, which is going to store fat around her organs in case Daphne accidentally gets pregnant.
0: (laughs) Just to make it as stressful as possible. You
1: know, yeah. Like, so I'm just going to store, store, store around her belly, and I'm going to retain, retain, retain body fat, extra water, because um, stuff is not good right now. Meanwhile, in reality, I'm like, oh, I...
0: My presentation like, went badly. Away. Right, right. Yeah,
1: like in reality, I'm like, oh, you know, the subway is delayed. Or yeah. like, oh, you know, I, I, I can't even think of like, it's just like something so trivial, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, the, 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 the two things I think are really, that are really important is A, addressing the issue. Like w- addressing your actual schedule so you feel less busy. And then B, addressing your stress response to it and harnessing that so you don't get all panicky.
0: Totally. Yeah. In terms of what you were talking about with putting the oxygen mask on yourself first before assisting others, um, one thing we've talked about a lot is that when you are um, stressed and feeling really busy, um, you aren't your best self. You're not taking care of yourself. And so then you aren't your best self in relationship with other people. So you can't be supportive to your spouse. You can't be loving as loving to your kids. Um, it puts you in a position of not being able to be the best part of your community that you can, yeah. um, which you know hurts other people too. It's not just, I mean, hopefully it's enough to say it's important for your health to get this under control mm-hmm. but if that's not enough it's also important to the health of the people around you yeah because we've all been around a person who is like at their wit's end yeah and it's it's like stress is contagious
1: oh my gosh yeah energy is contagious so if you're with someone who is emitting that stressful frenetic energy it's like you have to actually like put a bubble around yourself to protect yourself from it yeah totally. it, yeah energy is really contagious so Stressful energy is, um, it doesn't do anyone good. It, like, it doesn't do anyone around you any good by you putting that energy out there. Like, it doesn't help your kids. It doesn't affect your... Babies are really perceptive to that, I've learned. Um, you know, one of my clients, she's in the the psychology world, and she always talks about how babies pick up on the parents stress and anxiety like newborns mm-hmm. and and their their whole like personalities kind of get like shaped by it mm-hmm. so it's really interesting how um, stress can be contagious so if you want to be a better partner it's almost like think about if you care about these other people in your life
0: also think about how it's affecting them too mm-hmm. yeah and none of this is to say that if you feel really busy you're a bad person no, we're talking no, about this because yeah. we've all been there
1: oh I mean <laughs> Yeah, these are these are tips I have to apply to myself. I mean, totally. You know, and you too. Like it's it's, you know, we're we're people following our dreams and we
0: have stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I'm gonna get a shirt that says that we're people following our dreams and we have stuff to do. Um, so, <laughs> in, in looking at how to get all that stuff done while feeling less stressed by feeling and being less busy. Um, I made a list of strategies, that some of which I've gotten from you, and some of which just came from my brain, um, that uh, can help us towards this goal. So this first one is something that you have talked to me about, which is called stacking. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what I remember about this, and then you can can help me fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. So we talked about this because I I was expressing to Daphne that I felt like I didn't I never had any, like, good blocks of time to just sit down and, like, work on my work. I felt like I was always being, like, you know, my day was being broken up with appointments or meetings and things like that. Um, And so Daphne introduced me to the idea of stacking, which is if you have five commitments, instead of doing one commitment a day, if there's a way for you to stack those commitments all on the same day, then you have more uninterrupted time other times. So like on the days when I know that I'm coming to see Daphne and we're going to record, I tend to also like have my acupuncture appointment be that day. And it's the same day that like I do a show in the evening. And so I have like one really busy day, but then that means that like a bunch of other days aren't broken up with appointments. And so those days I feel less busy. It's like there's a certain amount of um, like if you have anything you, anywhere you have to be in a given day, You've already sort of spent that like uh build-up stress of like getting there and getting home. Yeah. So you may as well go a bunch of places and yep. then you don't have to do that build-up mm-hmm. different times.
1: Chunkifying is what I call
0: it. <laughs> there you go. Chunkifying. Yeah, just
1: kind of like chunkify all your appointments in one go, um, versus spreading them out throughout the course of the week. And so this can be doctor's appointments, dentist appointments, acupuncturist appointments, chiropractic appointments fitness classes, personal training appointments, um, just meetings with friends. See if you can chunkify everything so that you can then chunkify your work time.
0: Totally. Yeah. Um, and uh, the next one that I have is look at your activities with a critical eye. And I don't mean that you necessarily have to quit the things you're doing, but I think it's good every once in a while to take a step back, make a list of all of your responsibilities, especially responsibilities that are outside of work and your home life, mm-hmm. and think about, why am I doing these things? What am I getting out of them? Do I want to quit any of them? Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of fear about quitting. I definitely have that fear. Yeah, same here. Um, but totally. But if there's something in your life that's not giving you what you want, or that you're doing just out of a sense of obligation, and not because you're getting something in return. Or, you know, it's not doing what you wanted it to do or what it used to do for you. Like, cut it out. (laughs) You can quit. It's okay. It's okay to get rid of
1: things in your life that don't serve a purpose. Like, if, if there is something in your life that you feel like is not serving you or it's only taking away from your life, cut it. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: get rid of it. And that can be hard because it's easy to feel like, well, this thing, like, can't run without me. Mm -hmm. Like, I've definitely had things I've been a part of that were very stressful to me (sighs) and were hard for me to leave because I was like, if I leave, this thing will fall apart. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, if it's a thing that cannot fall apart, then, like, that's one thing. But if you're willing, if you can get to a place where you say, I have to leave this for my own health and sanity and that may mean it falls apart and that has to be okay. Yeah. That's a thing that has been very valuable to me yeah. in making decisions about how I spend my time.
1: Right, because those people aren't going to die without you right. there. You know. The company might freak out for a little bit or mm-hmm. you know, it might be a mess there. But that's their problem and mm-hmm. that and people deal. And yeah, and I, I totally empathize um, especially because you and I we are, well, first of all, we have a good work ethic. Mm-hmm. And secondly, we do tend to like please people, you totally. know, with a lot of things. And, and we feel like um, we're like very professional. So we feel like if it inconveniences other people, that yeah. is bad. That is bad news bears. And then we feel guilt about it. Um, a lot of this could be because of our, like, wiring, just from when we were kids. Like, the work
0: ethic that is instilled in us by our parents. Also, a lot of it is gendered. That too. (laughs) Women are, uh, socialized to please people and to not want to disappoint or inconvenience people.
1: So, like, for me personally, it's like, I remember... I've, I've definitely had instances in which I, like, stayed somewhere way too long because I didn't want them to have to, like, look for someone new or... I felt bad about inconveniencing you know the the boss or inconveniencing like the teammates or or me saying no to an obligation because I just didn't want to inconvenience anyone else mm-hmm. so yeah totally So just just realize that they don't care that much yeah.
0: <laughs> and <laughs> like, if the like thing be fine, if you know? the thing can't manage without you and you don't want to do it then maybe the thing is over, and yeah. that is okay. Things end sometimes, yeah. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Next one, set boundaries with work. Mm-hmm. Um, you may have more leeway with this than you think. I will use my husband as an example. Mm-hmm. So he's, he now works for himself, but he used to work for a larger company, and it was a tech company where just, like, everyone got emails on their phone. Like, they just didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. They got their work email on their phone. And Matt just decided when he started that he just wasn't going to hook that up. He would get work emails on his computer and not on his phone. Um, And the phone was his personal phone. It wasn't like a company phone or whatever. And no one even noticed (laughs) that he didn't get his work email on his phone. Mm -hmm. No one ever noticed. Um, And so I think a lot of the lack of boundaries we have with work is things we don't even think to question Mm -hmm. and are bosses and coworkers are perfectly happy to take advantage of that mm-hmm. but you may have more flexibility with work boundaries yeah than you
1: think definitely I agree so you know what I I never do if it takes me like three days to respond to an email I never apologize for it I don't apologize for anything <laughs> <laughs> no but there's no reason to because chances are you know, a lot of people think, oh, my gosh, this person's been, like, waiting and waiting and waiting, or I've either maybe, like, inconvenienced this person by taking so long, or, oh, I feel kind of bad for, like, not checking my emails while I was traveling or while I was away this weekend. You shouldn't feel bad for any of that. So, um, I set, I, I also have those boundaries, too, you know, certain boundaries. When you're an entrepreneur, it's, um, the the lines get a little blurred, um, but, But for me personally, not doing anything work-related after a certain time in the evening. But I never apologize in my... I never start an email off with an apology, ever. And, And yeah, and there's like no reason to. Oftentimes those people are not expecting an apology from you to begin with. Unless you did do something wrong, in which case apologize. But if it's an email that gets sent out like
0: three days later, don't start it off with an apology. Yeah. just I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) Totally. I think email is one of the major places where um, boundaries can be set. Mm -hmm. Um, And this can mean a lot of different things. This can mean only checking work email at work. Mm -hmm. This can mean, I mean, I know a lot of people who do get work email on their phone, it's the first thing they look at when they wake up Mm because they like wake up, their alarm's on their phone, they open up the phone, and the email is there. Um, It is okay to not look at your email until after you've had your coffee. But that's yes, a boundary right. you're yeah. going to have to set for yourself.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really important, actually. Um, starting the day off doing something maybe more intentional than just turning on the news and checking the skim and checking all of your email and Instagram, like doing something else could be really beneficial. Uh, it it can actually lead to feelings of being less busy in all honesty which might actually lead to better productivity Mm -hmm. so starting the morning off with um, potential like morning meditation for 5 minutes or doing a gratitude journal for 5 minutes or um, doing some type of uh, maybe a few yoga stretches for 10 minutes there are so many other ways we can kind of get our day started on a on a more uh, on a different note, where we will attract more ease and less overwhelm.
0: Totally. Yeah. There are also I know more than one person who only checks their email twice a day, even mm-hmm. their work email. They just have set times, um, and I think there are apps that will do this for you. I'll link to some in the show notes, or at least one in the show notes. But um, and they just have in their email signature, I check email at ten and four. Mm, um, love that. Thanks for your patience in That's... the meantime. Because, awesome. like...
1: I, I love that. That's I'm doing that. Totally.
0: Um, and I'm not quite at the place where I'm feeling like I can do that. But that probably has more to do with my own fear than it does any real consequences. Um, so think about that. If you feel busy, one of the reasons might be that you have constant interruptions. The notification, email notifications are an interruption, even though it's just, like, a little blip on your screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to narrow that down, like... I think that will probably become more common as people have more and more digital inputs to to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of non-email-related work boundaries, um, if it's that your boss calls you on off hours and that's not cool, um, you know, set a boundary about that. If it's that, um, you know, you end up getting called in on the weekends. Mm -hmm. um, If some of these things are not flexible with your current job, you know, think about if it might be possible for you to change jobs. Mm -hmm. These things aren't trivial. They really affect your life. Definitely. Um, So um, this is um, sort of related to what we were talking about in terms of looking at your activities. But um, I said give yourself permission to say no and permission to say yes. Um, And what I mean by that is um, when you're asked about, Anything from, you know, joining a club or going to a meeting or um, going out with friends or seeing a new play. In each of those circumstances, you can say no and you can say yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Both are okay and uh, both should feel like an option. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So uh, it's okay not to go to stuff just to have an evening free. Oh, yeah. Like sometimes, you know... Uh, I have friends who are performing every night of the week. I love them and they're all brilliant. If I went to all of their shows, my brain would explode. Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't have any home time. Not to mention that it would be bad for my relationship because I wouldn't have any time, you know, with my husband. Yeah. Um, and so I have made it okay to say no to those things. Mm-hmm. I have also made it okay to say yes to, um, you know, going out with friends Even though I might be busy, even though other stuff might be going on, because Mm -hmm. that enriches my life and, and, um, you know, helps, uh, weave the threads that make for like a stronger community. Totally. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Say yes and no to social commitments. I think that's so great too, because that's, that's balance right there. A lot of times if you say no to a social commitment, they'll, once again, they'll survive without you and will probably be very understanding, and will probably make less a deal of it than you made in your head, you know? I know I've, you know, thought that, I'd be like, oh, I feel so bad, um, you know, I really feel like I should go. If you ever think to yourself, like, oh, I should go, like, like <laughs> it, it, it's not there. It's not gonna be the end of the world if you don't, um, but then also electing to do things that might feel more like fun things in the middle of the work week because if that enhances your quality of life, then that's really important. Um, You know, like for me, it's like spending time with my husband. And yeah, it might be a school night, but if we randomly like spur the moment decide to like go out to dinner, like I'll be like, oh my gosh, but then we're eating so late and then I have to be up early tomorrow or um, or like maybe, you know, we should just like, stay in tonight and and it's like no you can you can say yes to that if that enhances your quality of life i do feel like um social commitments get stacked really really quickly in new york i feel like people's social calendars are epic here and calendars social calendars and events and birthdays and it's people we're like we're scheduled out like eight weeks in advance, like that's how like crazy it is here in the city, and um, I do think it's important to really like pick and choose what you want to do. And then there are some days when like the weather is total, you know, it's it's awful and it's like blizzarding. Honestly, if I've had instances where one person cancels and then everyone will cancel because no one actually really wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because maybe it was maybe there is a blizzard out there, um, but. Yeah, I think prioritizing your health too and knowing that if it doesn't feel right for you to go
0: out maybe on a certain night of the week,
1: knowing that it's okay. Totally. Yeah.
0: I also encourage you to be brave about saying no early on in the process. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are afraid to say no to things, so they say yes and then they flake. Mm -hmm. And that's just, like, disrespectful to your friends. (laughs) Like, if you know you're not going to want to go, just say no in the first place so that someone isn't, like, you know, holding that day for you and then cancels. Like, cancel fast and early is my... Like, just say no so there's nothing to cancel. Mm -hmm. Be brave about respecting what you need so that then you don't have to disrespect other people later. Yeah, All right. Now we get into making to-do lists. Lists. Um, I love to-do lists because it takes responsibilities out of this like cloud swimming around in my brain and puts them into a list that is contained and defined, and uh, I can check things off of them. Mm -hmm. One thing I've been trying to do recently is to make my to-do lists... In larger time increments. Mm-hmm. So instead of just making a list for the day, um, I try to plan for the whole week. And that doesn't mean stuff doesn't get added, but I do that in order to sort of look at my week and look at how I'm spending my time and say, like, over the course of this week, this is what I need to get done. Here's when I'm gonna do it so that I can maximize the time that I have, so that I can maybe put tasks that are related to each other next to each other so that I'm in the same brain space. Um, And actually I've been planning every two weeks. This is partly because I'm a freelancer and I do a bunch of different stuff. Um, But I've been trying to do these like larger planning sessions so that I feel like I have a sense of like where the arc of my life is going and where the pockets of free time might be. So that I can honor that free time and make it feel like actual free time instead of um, just doing like instead of feeling like I never have time off.
1: And here's another tactic. Um, So giving yourself either... Giving yourself some structure with your time when you are tackling your to-do list. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll actually set a timer. And I'll be like, I have to get this done. All of these, you know, however many things, three to five things, um, before the timer goes off. Or before lunchtime. Or before... um, you know before I start getting ready, like before I put on my mascara, you know yeah. I want to get X, y, and Z done, and I actually set um, a timer. And it is really amazing what happens when you set a timer and how much more productive you are in just getting things done when you actually think that the time is not open-ended. Um, and that's just a nice little thing to boost productivity.
0: Totally. It's a good way to avoid distractions too. If you're like me and you like write one sentence and then you're like, I've earned a Facebook break. Yeah. Uh, setting a timer and saying like for this next, and it can be a relatively short period of time, but say like for this next half an hour, I'm just going to work on writing this thing. And then after that half hour, I can take a break. Um, much more productive. My Mm. mom uses that strategy too, Daphne. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's a well-worn strategy.
1: Yeah. It works really, really well.
0: Um, so, uh, Now we're going to talk about some family stuff. Um, So uh, one thing that we have talked about before in terms of parenting and busyness is that kids just like astronomically add to the number of activities. Mm -hmm. um, Because you have your activities, your activities all together, and you have your kids' activities. And they think there's a lot of pressure for parents to have their kids in a lot of activities. Mm -hmm. Because you know it's enriching and fun and uh You know good for college resumes in however many years Um, but it's okay to be choosy about your kids activities Mm -hmm. it's okay for your kid not to be doing soccer and theater club and um, piano lessons and dance lessons Um, you know you can pick one Um, and if your kid is like really interested in something else you can give them the opportunity to decide and say like okay we have time for, you know, two activities per week. Mm-hmm. Do you want it to be soccer and piano? Or do you want to switch one of those out for something else? Yeah. Um, and because that also helps teach your kids that they shouldn't just, like, fill up and fill up and fill up and fill up their schedules. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it's okay to quit things and try something else.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: I do feel like when it comes to
1: and, – and I was definitely raised – I was overscheduled as uh-huh. a kid, coming from a Chinese American household with um, my fabulous tiger mother. Um, yeah, it was like it was like nuts. So like it was it was really uh, every, every weekend after school activities for as long as I can remember. I mean, it was and I had no choice. Like I had no say in I had no say in any of this. But I didn't know any other life. Like, yeah. I thought that this was normal. I thought that it was normal for me to get shuttled off to violin and then piano and then to dance class and then to chorus and then to art class and then to still have, like, homework to do on top of that. It wasn't until I was in my, like, middle school years that I realized that that's a lot of kids don't do that. Um, <laughs> am I grateful for that? I, I guess. I mean, I have, like, a great... I can handle a lot and I have a good work ethic. But, um, that being said, uh, when I did, when I got older, I realized that I was hitting points where I was very stressed, like more stressed and dealing with more emotional problems than most, um, than like typical puberty and like hormonal changes. Like it was a lot more severe. And I do actually think that my stress may have been attributed to my schedule um, So, you know, I do think that that's really important. Mm-hmm. I, I do think it's very important to keep balance, like within your kids' schedules.
0: Totally. And if you need to have your kid in after school programming because of childcare, which I know is a mm-hmm. reality for a lot of parents, I teach after school a lot, and so I know that like for a lot of parents, they need somewhere their kid can be until five or six, um, which means a long day for your kid. Mm-hmm um maybe you can offset that by just like committing to not doing weekend um regular activities mm-hmm. and instead leave weekends to be more open and say like what do we want to do today yeah. um instead of uh having you know responsibilities after school every day of the week and also soccer on Saturdays and also you know something on Sundays mm-hmm. um because I totally understand that sometimes kids' activities are not actually about the kid; they're about totally. you know having an affordable place for your for your kid to be after school. Definitely. Um, but then there are ways that you can offset that um, other times. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, another uh, part of parenting, we were talking earlier about how women entering the workforce has given a lot of women with kids basically two full time jobs. Um, but I'll, I'll say this in a non-gender-specific way because also people are in all sorts of relationships with people of many genders. Um, if you're feeling stressed out about your home busyness in conjunction with your work busyness, are there things your partner could be doing to help you share the load? Yeah. Um, it used to be clear who did what because... Men married women, men went to work, women cared for the family. Yeah, And that- Women cooked and cleaned. Right, women cooked and cleaned and took care of the household, men made the money. Um, And going away from that is good, undeniably good. But it means that there are no longer rules. Mm -hmm. And what that often means is that women do a lot more Mm -hmm. than uh, their male counterpart. But that could also mean in your relationship, you know, just that one partner ends up picking up a lot of the slack for one reason or another, and I think um, one thing that I learned from Relationship Reset, which is uh, the book by uh, our former guest, you can look up um, her uh, her episode, mm-hmm. is super good, um, is that uh, when there are imbalances like that in a relationship, both people um, are at fault mm-hmm. in different ways. So if you find yourself feeling like I'm doing so much more work than my partner um, and you're feeling resentful about it, on the one hand, yes, your partner needs to step up and help you carry the weight. On the other hand, what are you doing to communicate what you need and also to let go of control of some of those things as the person who is the more uh, controlling uh, partner who is sort of in some ways more, um, I tend to be the one who, like, uh, takes charge of extra stuff around our house, um, it is, in many ways, my responsibility to say to my husband, hey, I'm feeling stressed out about these responsibilities, Can you help me shoulder the weight on this? Mm -hmm. Um, And he, you know, he always says yes. He's, you know, because he's committed to our relationship and he's happy to do the work. Um, And then I feel better, honestly, even if I'm still doing the same amount of work, just having, like, said that it's happening and that I'm stressed about it and having him say, yes, I will help you, Mm -hmm. like, that lowers my stress level a ton. Yeah. Um, So... Talk to your partner. Can they yeah. be helping out more? It's called a partnership for a reason,
1: right? View partnerships as, as um, being a part of a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if one person is feeling overwhelmed, then the other teammate should um, be sensitive to that. And, yeah, and you want your partner to be happy. And I think that, I think that tackling these things together will just ultimately lead to a stronger relationship overall, too.
0: Which once again just enhances quality of life. Totally, mm-hmm. um, and also on a uh, family level, but this could work whether you have kids or not. Um, think about setting some boundaries on your tech time. That's a huge one. Um, a, yeah. lot of, so, um, a lot of so, a lot of religious groups celebrate a day of rest, whether it's the Sabbath or Shabbat or like a church Sunday or um, or other things. But a lot of families now, regardless of religious persuasion, are now doing, like, a technology Shabbat. Mm -hmm. So they have, like, a day of the week where they, you know, don't have screens, don't use their phones and stuff. Um, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to do that, but think of if there are some boundaries that would work for your family. Like, some families have, by the door, a place where, like, everyone plugs in their phone. And you, Mm -hmm. like, walk into the house, plug in your phone, and it lives in the box, um, maybe you don't open your laptop after dinner like Mm -hmm.
1: and maybe no screens an hour before bed that's (laughs) another way to improve um, improve sleep but then also in terms of being busy oftentimes we do end up wasting a lot of time on technology so if you think about your schedule being overwhelming or you are over scheduled if you were to have one extra hour how awesome that would be and oftentimes you can really pull that extra hour from All the screen time, so my I recommend people don't do screens an hour before bed, and that also enhances quality of sleep, and which means you can get up earlier and then get your day started maybe even earlier. So the technology one is a big thing, like that's a that's a big reason as to why people why anxiety levels are up, why people's brains are always firing, why people's sleep quality, um, why people have less sleep quality. But then also I think putting boundaries on technology time will also free up time and space to like connect with the people you want to connect with um, so yeah and our, our my friend and our acupun- or acupuncturist Sarah who's been on the show she has days where she goes Amish is what she calls it and she just does no screens so I would love to try that um, I think that's going to be a goal of mine but I do think that putting boundaries on social media and technology so iPads, iPhones, TV, laptop time, um, and it doesn't have to be a full day, but say you are doing something with friends, keep your phone in your purse the whole night. Uh, Maybe don't post about it, or maybe don't feel like you have to take photos of everything. Um, Or if you are going for a run, leave your phone at home and actually maybe try to connect with your breathing and nature and Central Park. You know. Or if you are doing something with your significant other, also try to not be on your phones. I can't tell you how many people I see on dates. And like they're both like, on their phones? Yeah, like people who are, you can tell they're like married and they're on their phones. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's um, a complete lack of human connection right there, you know? So, yeah, so that's a big one for me.
0: I think a lot of what we're talking about is finding ways to be mindful. And we've talked about mindful eating Um, But really we're talking about like mindful living Mm -hmm. and I think that feeling of busyness and stress comes from When we aren't being mindful about how we're spending our time or we feel like we can't be mindful about spending our time Um, and uh, all of these are just strategies for like Doing things on purpose knowing why you're doing them planning when they're gonna be and and all that stuff so I have two more things we to do mindfully um, which is schedule downtime mm. and schedule exercise. Yeah, it's critical. Um, Daphne, you and I have uh, sometimes scheduled like days off for me mm-hmm. during the week yeah. because I tend to find that if I haven't thought about my day off ahead of time, I feel like I waste it because I just like fart around on Facebook or whatever. Mm-hmm. and I'm not doing all the things that I always think, like, oh, I wish I had a day off so I could blank. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, like having a planned day off, I can think like, what do I want to do on that day? What would I really enjoy? I'm gonna to go to the park and I'm gonna go for a walk, or and I'm really gonna sit down and read some of that book I've been meaning to read, and I'm gonna to go to my favorite coffee shop for a while. Oh my
1: gosh, yeah, that's so nice.
0: It is, know? and everyone deserves that too. I think it's,
1: you know, oftentimes in life is we don't get what we want in life, we get what we think we deserve. So if you think you really deserve like a day off in which you are worthy and you deserve to nurture yourself mentally, physically, and emotionally, and you don't need to to push your body or to, to be working all the time, um, Like you deserve that. And it's so nice when that is scheduled because sometimes if the time off creeps up on you, your day off ends up not being as relaxing as you want it to be because you're like half doing work, half not, and then you feel like you're not getting as much done because you're just half working, but then you feel like you're not fully relaxing because you didn't commit to fully relaxing. So I think scheduling downtime is really, really critical.
0: And what about exercise? Now we get to... And exercise is... Japanese
1: favorite. One of my favorite things, and also so important to schedule because by scheduling exercise, it's the snowball effect where only a positive chain of events it's like a domino effect in which only good things happen to you physically mentally and emotionally after you exercise so unless you like fall over unless you fall over (laughs) and that is something that is not good physically (laughs) so um this goes back to the self-care this goes back to self-care you making yourself your number one priority above your kids, above your significant other, above your family, because what good are you to everyone else if
0: you are not happy and healthy? Totally. Mm -hmm. And we have to schedule exercise because otherwise we don't do it because we make excuses about how we're too busy. Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, instead of doing a takeaway where I would just repeat all the stuff, uh, I think sort of the the big themes here, or one of the big themes is that we are, Use being busy as a signifier that we're important. Um, But it's not necessarily. Self-worth is not based on how
1: busy you are. Right.
0: And so let's, if we can, stop throwing our busyness in our friends and enemies' faces.
1: Yeah, the, the busy bragging.
0: Yeah, and instead make sure or do what we can to use our time in ways that are valuable to us. Um, And sometimes that means doing a little extra work and extra planning and extra thinking so that our downtime can really be downtime. Mm -hmm. Even though it seems crazy to be like, want to feel less busy? Do more work. But I really find that it does help. Yeah. And to be less busy, you have to make
1: some proactive and conscious changes if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And and you're worth it. You are.
0: (laughs) And it's good for you. All right, are we going to be less busy, Daphne? We are. Great. Uh, Shall I make a plan with you for like eight weeks from now to hang out?
1: Let's get it in the calendar. When's your birthday, Joanna?
0: (laughs) Months from now. I'll see you then. Great. (laughs) This is a feature we call This Is Crazy, right? Where I... Find something usually on the internet that is diet related, often diet or exercise related, and I show it to Daphne and say, This is crazy, right? Um, so, this one is an, it is a, an interesting sticky little wicket. Um, so, I found this on um, Pinterest, um, and the image at the top says, How to lose weight in two months with the eight week transition diet. It's simple, it says. Each week, add three new changes to your diet. Keep practicing the previous week's changes as you add in new ones every week. How hard can that be? So, that actually sounds like a version of stuff we've talked about on this show, right? Yes. Um, So, week one is eliminate junk food from your diet, drink more water, pick two days and eat whatever you want. Week two, eat small balanced meals often, choose complex carbs over refined carbs, pick two days to eat whatever you want. Week three, eat more fruits and veggies. Consume protein at every meal. Pick one day to eat whatever you want. Cook at home. This is week four, sorry. Cook at home. Eat healthy fats. Pick one day to eat whatever you want. Week five, reduce starchy carb consumption. Cut way back on added sugar. Pick one day to eat whatever you want. Week six, eliminate all processed foods. Snack on small amounts of nuts or seeds. Pick one day to eat whatever you want. Week seven, eat intuitively. (laughs) Snack on a little bit of protein if you're hungry before bed. Pick one reward day try a non-food treat week 8 eat clean all week repeat next week then the next add some complex carbs if you lack energy pick one reward day try a non-food treat so also this whole thing is called beach body on demand it's trademarked so daphne oh. this one is sneaky
1: yeah
0: because oh, a lot the of the things brand, <laughs> you
1: know yeah <laughs>
0: totally a lot of these things are good yeah good habits, things we talk about on the show, cutting out processed foods, eating complex carbohydrates, all that stuff. So is this crazy? Okay, so my take on this little
1: beach body uh, eight-week transition diet is there are aspects of it that are not necessarily crazy. Um, However, they do make a promise that you are going to lose weight with these little changes and, um, that's not necessarily the case because the whole week, the whole point of this and why I actually think this is like clickbait to get people to the Beachbody website, to be honest with you. Totally. Like I think that everything
0: was... on Pinterest is clickbait. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So Beachbody is a, it's a legitimate company. It's a legitimate brand. It's a whole brand of, uh, you know, fitness videos, nutrition recipes. I think there are books and workout programs, a whole bunch of famous trainers, are Beachbody trainers, and I actually know some trainers who are... So Beachbody is also kind of like a, um, it's kind of pyramid maybe pyramid isn't uh. the right word, where you can become a certified beach body instructor or a Beachbody trainer, but you have to pay a ton of money to become a Beachbody trainer, and then after that, like, what, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe, you be, you, maybe you train clients or... Maybe you train in a gym um, or you, you you know, it's one of those things where they are clearly trying to make a large business out of this. Mm -hmm. Okay, that being said, this little eight-week transition diet, um, there are a lot of good things about it in the sense that I think that there are some things that promote flexibility. Um, I don't like that they are talking about All these like cheat days that you can have because having a cheat day implies that you're doing something wrong. um, And it implies that everything else you were doing on the other days was tough and um, was tough and not pleasant and not like pleasurable. So I think that this is not crazy in the sense that there are some tips here, like cut way back on added sugar, eat some nuts, you know, eliminate processed foods, eat intuitively. Um, these are some good habits, but the fact that they promise you, like, you will lose weight if you do this for eight weeks, that is very doubtful.
0: And the very thing doubtful. that, one thing that struck me as really crazy about this is it's not specific enough
1: it's not specific and all. it doesn't yeah, give right.
0: you enough time, right? Like for yeah. most people changing a habit like eliminating junk food from your diet if you eat junk food, like one week is not going to cut it for yeah. that to become like second nature and feel like something you can do without thinking about it. Yeah. Many of these changes for a lot of people would be like major changes, right. in which case like a week isn't going to be enough. You're going to need more time. Like a lot of these things are perfectly fine goals, but they're not specific and you're going to want to give yourself more time to like integrate them into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, like cooking at home. Like Yeah, like cooking at home. Like... That doesn't just come out of nowhere. That takes, like, planning and thinking about it and, like, cooking what at home? Is it the same if I cook, like, a lasagna out of a package versus if I'm, like, you know, making something from whole ingredients? Like, Mm -hmm. obviously no. Another thing I like is when it just, after all of this, like, controlling what you eat on week seven is just, like, eat intuitively.
1: I know. (laughs) Some people don't even know
0: what that means. Totally. And the whole point of eating intuitively is that you're listening to your body, which in the earlier weeks when they describe what the, like, cheat days look like, um, they're like, this is the day on which you listen to your body. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, the whole point of eating intuitively is you listen to your body all the time. Yeah.
1: I think that this is definitely a way to have gotten people to come directly to the website. Yeah. And then if you see, if you read all the... Um, you know, they have the, the Pinterest picture, and then there, it's just basically one blog post in which they go into it, and like, with a tiny bit more depth. I mean, one of the most basic things they say is, like, drink more water. You know, it's like, these are things that are all going to make you... These are many... Like, many of these things are positive changes. Um, however, that being said, it's so vague, Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. This is not a diet plan. No.
1: no.
0: Uh, And even if it were, we wouldn't suggest you do it. Yeah. So, Daphne, is this maybe a sane idea, but presented in a crazy way? Yes, I agree. It is. Great. Thanks, Daphne. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw-Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemeny.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at justonemorepod, on Facebook at facebook.com justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.